Welcome to Grown Up 80s for October 2020. This is a podcast where two friends, yeah, we got an intro for this, where two friends talk about things that we liked when we were growing up in the 80s and that we still like now. Today, Robin, we are talking about things that captured our imaginations. Yes. You said it definitively. Robin, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, thanks. That's good. Have, have you been enjoying the cool weather that we're having up here in northwestern Ontario? Yeah, October, it's like winter came. We've had snow on the ground for a whole week. Yeah. It's really weird. It is. We had a beautiful early spring, a nice warm summer. It was It was a perfect summer, and... Then the snow came last, like came for Thanksgiving. Yeah, we've had it the Canadian Thanksgiving in, yep. was October 12th? Yep. Somewhere right around there anyway. Yeah. Last weekend? Yep. Oh no, almost two oh, weekends ago. Oh yeah, that ago. was almost two weekends ago. So it, it snow stayed away for Canadian Thanksgiving, yeah. but it decided to leave a nice crusty, hard layer on the ground that has been here for a week. And is it going to be around for Halloween? Might be a snowy Halloween Could this year. Be, yeah. yeah. So, Robin, tonight we are talking about things that really just captured us as kids growing up in the 80s. Yeah. And that that maybe even fascinated us, things that perhaps we obsessed over a little bit. Yeah. And we're just gonna bring up a couple topics and we'll just kind of riff off of off of the things that we were into growing yeah, ju- up. Just a general idea of a few, like for sure, computers and video games. Yep. But there's space. Yeah. There's Winnebago's. <laughs> yeah, that was on your list. What's, I'm interested to hear about this. If you're gonna, well, no, actually, I didn't even homes. say. I didn't even say Winnebago's. That was your paraphrase. But, but uh, vehicles you can live in, for example. I'm pretty sure you said motorhomes. Yeah, oh, motorhomes. Yes. RVs. I didn't say RVs. Winna. Winnebago's. I didn't say that. Winnebago's. <laughs> Winnebago's. <laughs> the cereal Arch- from Winnipeg Archipagalos Archipagalos, that's right <laughs> So why don't, why don't you kick us off, Robin? Yeah, okay, well, let's let's do an, an obvious one for me mm-hmm. Computers fascinated me Now, we've talked every episode, it seems like we, we Computers come up Yeah um, Obviously, it's something that, you know, we latched onto And that you know, you've been working, you did a computer science degree in university. You've been working in computers since then, yeah. uh, programming and stuff like that. Computers are a big part of your life, but it started back when we were kids. Yes. And just the idea of, of all the things that you could do with computers that you could make these machines do things for yeah. you. It's kind of like having a robot, but... <laughs> yeah. Just, but like a thinking brain that you could make think and do the things, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I remember this one time, this kind of summed it up. Um, my great grandfather was still around, he lived to like 97. Mm. And I don't remember why, but basically, my, I, I was in my, well, I'm trying to guess how old I was, you know, like not I, maybe a teen, but I had my Commerce 64. Anyway. I don't know why the family, meaning like my grandparents and my parents, wanted to go out. And great-grandpa was an old, strange man living with his his children, my grandparents. Okay. And for some reason, it's just like they really needed a babysitter for grandpa. Okay. But I don't think they, they told it me like straight or whatever. It's like, 
we want you to come over and stay at our place. We're going out and you're going to be with great grandpa. Yeah. And I don't know, I guess I wasn't thrilled with the idea. Now I feel bad about it. I mean, mm. now you'd think, oh, to be able to- I would like to spend some time with great grandpa. To be able to visit my great grandpa yeah. now would be awesome, right? Uh, that he's long, long gone. Anyway, but it was like, okay, I'll do it, but I have to be able to bring my computer over because oh, yeah. I can't stand a whole evening without it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I brought it, but I hooked it up in great grandpa's interest. He's like, so what is this? Hey, you know, like kind yeah. of thing. And his summation, I was trying to explain it. He says, it's like a TV, but you can control it. That was his, that was his summary of a 90, whatever. It was like, you've got a machine that can put things on the TV and you can put whatever it is. You you can influence it. Yeah. Yeah. You can make it, make it do it. So yeah. And I was like, oh yeah, I guess that's a really good summary of it. Yeah. And I think for us, when we were young, even a TV was still kind of a pretty special thing to us, you know, like mm-hmm. watching cartoons and, and most people only had one or maybe two TVs yeah. in the house at the most, screens even yeah, at all, right? That, that's right. Yeah. I was going to say screens because like how many dozen screens do <laughs> yes. we have in our house, right? Yeah. Like kid wants to watch something. Yeah. There's, there's a screen for you somewhere. Yeah, grab, Go the find tablet, the grab the tablet, grab the phone, grab the, yeah. Yeah. So back then there was like one, maybe two and, yeah. and the thing that was on the screen that was coming through the tube or across the airways, that's what you got to watch on the screen too. Yeah. yeah it's not like you could choose from the internet's worth of stuff. <laughs> yeah. 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 It was just, here's your, for some people, just here's your two channels, your four channels. Yeah. Or if you're lucky enough to have cable in our area, it was just like 10 channels mm-hmm. you got if you had cable. Yeah. And yeah, you were at the mercy of- I'm sorry, it's 6.30. You have to watch Polka Dot Door. Yeah. Or the news. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That is all you have. So when the computer came along and the and the video game mm-hmm. consoles for that matter, sure. suddenly you did have a choice. Uh, and about the same time VCRs came along as mm-hmm. well, really, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. they were expensive and you had one before other people. But yeah, that idea of we can create stuff, we can put it on the screen. And the other major thing, of course, was... Video games, we were seeing the arcade games. That was amazing to mm-hmm. to both of us. Mm-hmm. But that computer would allow us not only to play games at home, but to start to learn how to make them, mm-hmm. how to program. Yeah. And that started opening up new new worlds. Yeah. So yeah, that it was completely fascinating. And of course, I could we could make whole episodes just about that. Yes. But we're not and going to do, do that today. Yes, yeah, we do. Today. <laughs> you know, it was funny, like when when you were saying that this was going to be one of the things that, that we were going to talk about, I was thinking, you know, I think even as a kid, I took computers for granted hmm. that, yeah, we've got computers in, well, at first, you know, we could go to the college and play on the computers there Or maybe there's a computer at our school and then very quickly there were video game machines. Video game machines. Video game machines. (laughs) Hey, is that a video game machine? That's right. It is, Grandpa. And and computers in our house. And I think I I quickly took that for granted. It's like, yeah, of of course, this is just something that we do and, and we have now. And yeah, don't take my computer away from me because, you know, I like it and I want to be on it all the time. And as much as I was obsessed over it, I don't know that I would say that 
I found it fascinating or oh. it just kind of like, wow, I can't believe that we've got these amazing machines in our house. It's like, yeah, these things exist and I've got one and I want to spend all my time on it. But yeah. it wasn't like a whoa kind of moment. Right. So the, the existence of it or that you could use it became commonplace. But then at least for me, I was still fast. Like I was still thinking about what can I make it do? What can yeah. I, how can I get it to do? I've got ideas in my mind. How can I make it do this thing I want to do? Right? Yeah, how, for sure. So that was still to me the fastest way. And, and it hasn't gone away. I yeah. still pull out like, you know, when we're coming to 8-bit show and tell stuff. I'm still genuinely fascinated <laughs> with the idea that I'm working on that mm-hmm. of that week. Yeah. 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 yeah for there's sure. still a real, just, I want to know how does it work and how does it, mm-hmm. how does it all fit together? Yeah. 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 And it's not like, like I wasn't wanting to spend all my spare time yeah. with it. Like I think about my boys and it's like, okay, I, I want to make sure they're not spending too much time on, on their screens and playing their games. You know, I, I, I've got time limits for them and stuff like that. It's like, did my mom and dad ever, yeah, they must've told me to get off that stupid yeah. computer, Yeah, but I don't really remember it. I like, I remember, okay, like I've done the things that I have to do. I'm going downstairs to my room and I'll be on the computer Yeah, until it's time for supper or I got to go to bed or Duke's hazard is on yeah. or something like that. Right. Yeah. That, that's right. I think almost anything, once you have it to a degree of it becomes commonplace, but the fascination mm-hmm. can can shift. Like yeah. what what about it? Yeah. Is, yeah. So Darren, you got got one. We won't dwell on computers forever. Okay. We'll try not to do that. I'm sure we'll come back to computers. Yeah. One of the things that I think I had on my list was space and yeah. in general, and maybe even specifically um space shuttle type stuff. Yeah. Because as kids growing up in the eighties, like we were like in our eight, nine, 10, as the eighties were rolling around. And that is when the space shuttle program was starting up. Yeah. Um, I think the first flight was like maybe an 81 or something like that. Oh, facts. Facts. That's right. It, it was either 80 or 81. Um, and we were the perfect age for real rockets going up into <laughs> space with big, burning engines underneath them and people in them. And like, when you think, okay, like what, a, what a little boys into when they're like six, seven, eight, nine years old, um, dinosaurs. I don't think that's changed rockets. I don't think that's changed very much. Uh, the garbage man. I think most little boys like, do you like the garbage man? Were you fascinated with the garbage? Maybe not. Okay. But the space shuttle, <laughs> not the garbage man <laughs> so much as the, the machine was pretty cool. The machine was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So like, Growing up, just being like a little kid. I'm really into garbage men. <laughs> um, just as the space shuttle program was starting, yeah, that it, was just perfect. Yeah, it was 1981. Yeah. When, yeah. yeah. Hey, I got it right. Yeah, good. Yep. And um, I think it was in 82 or 83 was the the winter that my mom and dad brought me down to Florida for the first time we I got to go to Disney World when I was a little kid too which was a I don't know to me it was a really big deal one of the side trips that we went on when we were down in Florida is we went to Cape Canaveral we went to the Kennedy Space Center where they launched the space shuttle from and I remember I got like the space shuttle 
toy. Like I got this glider space shuttle thing and <laughs> I got my pictures taken around all these things. And like, you know, you'd walk through the rooms with, with computers and models and yeah. all these things. And like, this is the place, the space shuttle lives in that building <laughs> and it goes on that gigantic tank wheel that tank thing thing is amazing goes out there and then it blasts off from there and i'm standing like i didn't get to see the space shuttle take (laughs) off but i am here where the space shuttle lives and does its thing (laughs) yeah this is so cool yeah i got to go there as well but it's funny i don't have many memories of it i've got i have a picture of my sister and me standing beside an astronaut who's surprisingly short and i don't know if he's like a mascot astronaut or <laughs> a mascot. <laughs> like is yeah. is he meant to be or she? Yeah. Meant to be like I don't know, it's like in the spacesuit. Okay. But and were they walking around? Well, it shaking looked, people's hands? Yeah, see, like it doesn't look like a statue or a mannequin <laughs> astronaut. <laughs> doesn't look like it's made out carved out of granite. No, yeah. It, it, but it doesn't look like it's what do you, what would you call a still photograph? Well, it's certainly not a photo. It's like we're standing. Why is this so hard to talk about? It's like we're standing next to an astronaut. But, but is it really but, an astronaut? But is there a re- is there a real person inside? Yeah. Is there is this a real spacesuit type thing? Yeah. Or looks, is it just yeah, yeah just it, for promotional and photo- photographs and yeah, stuff? And, yeah. the, and the funny thing is, I think I'm only about eleven or twelve. And I'm nearly as tall as as you, this spacesuited person. Not sized. <laughs> Look, I'm astro. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's so, cool. I don't remember and, meeting and any. You don't remember ast- being an astronaut there. Mask. Mascarot. Mascarot astronauts. <laughs> it, it's funny how I don't remember much about the place, but I do remember walking through and seeing some huge rockets. Yep. On their side. Yeah. And walking like a long, I guess, a Saturn V or something. Sure, could be something, something like that. Something like yeah. one of these one giant. Of the Apollo yeah. program. And the space shuttle like was all over the place when we were growing up too. Oh, like yeah. every time there was a launch, it was on TV. Yeah. And it seemed like, at least for the first couple of years, every time there was a launch and it was happening during the school day, it was like, let's get that TV out into the gymnasium yeah. or at least into our classroom. And we're stopping things for an hour and we're watching the launch we're on. Watch it. And this was happening like half a dozen times a year or more, you know, once the program started going. So like we saw a lot of space shuttles going up. Yeah. And yeah, it was just, it was just a really cool thing. Yeah. So was it the machines that you thought were so amazing or was it the idea that people could go to space or the exploration? I don't know that it was so much the exploration, but yeah, the idea that people were in these massive exploding, well, yeah, yeah and we'll talk we'll about that. We'll get to that, that yeah. Yeah, but like these, like these gigantic rockets that just have like so much power and fire and it's just shooting you off the planet. <laughs> yeah. It was just so cool. And I think another big thing probably for us was the idea that, you know, one of the things that was part of the shuttle program that was doing a lot of the work was the Canadarm. And I don't know if around the world everybody referred to it as the Canadarm, but definitely in Canada, (laughs) we were very proud of the fact that the 
that arm that did everything out in space, except for the people that would maybe walk around a little bit and tighten a bolt here and there, everything that was being done in space, all of the satellites that were being launched and all of the space stations that were being built, everything that was done in space was done with this arm that Canadians built. Yeah, it was and, and so much there. so much hype about the Canada, right? It's yeah. like, you know, this is... In most senses, it's actually a tiny contribution compared to everything that sure. goes into getting those people out there. Yeah. It, you know, but yes, that was our CAD arm. And boy, were we ever proud. We were proud of that. That, that we had something. That's right. Make sure that Canada flag is right there. <laughs> Every time you're doing something, that's yeah, Canada flag. It's Canada arm. <laughs> yeah. So we just touched on it briefly there. I kind of accidentally yeah. brought it up. But... um. 1986 yes was what do we call it the explosion the yeah, accident the disaster the, the disaster yeah. yeah um do you remember what was going on do you remember where you were or anything about how you found out about yeah well i f- i feel like we watched it explode at school but you maybe f- you did yeah i know i didn't okay yeah so i the the one Okay, the two very distinct memories I actually have about it that feel pretty real, mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe I extrapolate, you know, like I created, sure, <laughs> like actually seeing it. I feel like for sure we were walking home at lunch hour, yeah, uh, and then everybody was like, "Did you hear the Challenger exploded?" And all the kids on the couple blocks back to our house were talking about it. Does that feel right? And maybe me and you were even walking together? I'm pretty sure that it happened on a Wednesday. Okay. Um, And I just brought up the date here. It was January 28th, 1986. I think we were grade eight. Yeah. Uh, So not, we were still at the same school we had been at for 10 years. At least my class was not at Edgewater. Oh. I was at Agnew for doing shop and home ec because our school Edgewater park didn't have a shop room or a home ec room. So we went to this other school to do our shop and home ec classes. It was definitely a shop day day. and I was walking home and I walked through the Edgewater's Edgewater's, uh, backyard and then just another block down to my house. And that's where I found out at lunch with dad. Yeah. That, not till you got home, though, eh? That's right. And yeah. then everyone came back to school and was like, oh, space shuttle blew up. Yeah. Yeah. And and so did we go back to school in the afternoon? Yeah. Okay. I think we did, yeah. I almost have this weird memory of, oh, I got to stay home from school because of the challenge. Right, right. <laughs> but then I remember watching replays of it exploding. On the TV. On the TV. Stuff like that, yeah. I think I had scouts that night. And if it wasn't that night, it was pretty soon after. And I remember that the jokes were already coming out oh. about it. And I'm not going to, I won't say no, the no, joke, but say. it's like, wow, yeah, it, it happened fast. One other thing I want to talk about the Challenger disaster before we go on to maybe some happier things is <laughs> yeah. when you came back from being in Australia. What year were you in Australia? For all of 87. 87. Yeah. So you came back and you had um, this band Ratcat. Yeah. I wanted to talk about this too. Okay, go. Yeah. Like I totally remember this. Go ahead with your... your, Okay. Well, I just remember you brought back this band Ratcat and I don't know 
I don't remember many of their songs other than, um, I couldn't even tell you the name of the song, but they use the broadcast from the Challenger disaster at the very beginning of it. And it is such a powerful, like the music is neat. And then bringing that into it just makes such a powerful, emotional song. Yeah, it's just always stuck with me. T minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. We have main engine start. 4, 3, 2, 1. And liftoff. Liftoff of the 25th Space Shuttle mission, and it has cleared the tower. Good roll program confirmed. Challenger now heading down range. Engine's beginning throttling down now at 94%. Normal throttles uh, for most of the flight, 104%. I'm floating high through the sky, past the moon and into a guessing game. And I'm thinking how small the world seems now. Yeah, so the song, it's, yeah, it's by Rat Cat. Getting away from this world is, or getting right. away brackets from this world. Yeah. Yeah, they just use the audio from the, the takeoff. It's just going through from the time the space shell takes off yeah. to it blowing up. Yeah. And those are intercut with the song. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's a very, it's a surprisingly emotional song. Oh yeah, for sure. For what is just kind of like an Australian indie rock kind of band. You yeah. wouldn't really expect it. Yeah. But there's something about how it was done or the age we were or yeah. whatever, our yeah. connection. Yeah. I wonder if I would know, like if I would have committed certain parts of that broadcast to memory, if it wasn't for that song, but like the challenger go for throttle up. Oh yeah. I, I can hear that. Yeah. And, and that guy's voice doing it. I don't know if it's because it's probably because of listening to because that song, song over and over. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe we can play a clip of that because... Yeah. We're a podcast, and we're not going to get flagged. That's right. <laughs> by the copyright police. Engine's throttling up. Three engines now at 104 percent. Challenger, go and throttle up. Challenger, go and throttle up. So space shuttles were very exciting. And now space is, is a funny, it's a bittersweet thing because I'm I'm really cynical about it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we were born, people were going to the moon. Yeah, we missed out on the last they moon had landing just, by a few months. Right. Okay. We were born right after the, the Apollo program yeah. finished. Yeah. And we're now getting to be older men like mm-hmm. we're kind of old now mm-hmm. <laughs> we're having birthdays again 48 both of us yep. born 72 over and over again all kinds of promises are made like i don't, don't want to sound cynical here but i am <laughs> <laughs> it, it feels like there's been an unending string of promises announcements especially from nasa yeah 
and from other groups about how they're doing this. Mm -hmm. They're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this. All through the 80s, through the 90s, Mm -hmm. through the 2000s, through the 20s. And so little has actually come of it. Yeah. Like, what's the exciting stuff that happens? Not a whole lot. You know what is kind of exciting? Seeing those rockets landing straight up and down. That's pretty cool. That's right. But, okay, you're promising me that we're going to be at the moon in the next four years? Yeah. I think that, yeah, like in the last 30 years, we've become, like, folks our age have become so conditioned to it's not going to happen. It's like, there's no way you can get us to the moon from where we're at, which is like, I don't know. I don't see anybody really doing much in four years. Okay. Well, I want to see it happen. Yeah. Yeah, We'll see. Yeah. So not to be too down, but, and Hey, we're Gen Xers. We are. (laughs) (laughs) We're allowed to be. We're allowed to be. And, and the other aspect is space is still appealing, but it's just, it's such an unfriendly place. It is. It's a brutally unfriendly place where we watch some movies and we get romantic ideas about it. Yeah. Or whatever, romantic. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. I can yeah, use I the word that way, yeah, right? Sure. You, you get these ideas of what. You're going to go to other planets and you're going to yeah. run around and. It's just going to be so cool and amazing and yeah. everything. But <laughs> the fact is, like, it doesn't seem like anywhere in the solar system is... There might be some good stuff to get from these places. There might be good materials there, but... It doesn't seem like a very friendly place to live. No, it's it doesn't. It's definitely not a good place to live. Yeah. And... It's it's definitely not better than Earth anyway. No You know, it, maybe we can make it happen, yeah. but uh, I'm going to stick around here. Yeah. So then that kind of underlines that kind of environmental message of hmm. this is the good place here. It is. Yeah. We are we are in a good place. Yeah. Let's keep it yeah. good. Or, yeah. Until we figure out how to travel faster than light. Yeah. You know, let's let's <laughs> take care of this place. Yeah. 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 <laughs> cool. What else do you got for us? Something fun and light. Like Winnebago's. Like Winnebago's. <laughs> so vehicles in general, mm-hmm. what was your favorite one vehicle? Like if you could just think of what you thought was the coolest, coolest vehicle around. Like we're talking automobile? Automobile? No, it doesn't even have to be. Just okay. if, if... That was you... a line from uh, 16 Candles. Oh, was it? Yeah. I, I didn't recognize it. Okay. Space shuttle. Okay. <laughs> you already you already answered it then. That's right. Yeah. If you could just have one, I want space shuttle. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Yeah. It's a shame that like it has to be rebuilt every time it's used and everything, <laughs> eh? Like pretty much, right? You got to do a lot of yeah. checking on that. That thing was sort of the problem with yeah. the whole thing, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm kind of of two minds. Like in a way, I think like a van, yeah. like like the A Team's van, probably okay. is kind of like the ultimate vehicle. And now I drive a big van, yeah, because uh, because I got to drive a whole bunch of kids around, which are mine, my kids, and. Uh, <laughs> The way the A team would have it, like their their vehicle was fairly realistic. Yeah. Right. Yep. And they would go. Out, it was just like it's like it had always had enough space inside of it. Was there five or six of them? Well, there, normally it was four of them, right? And then there was the hang around reporter girl. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. But it was primarily the four guys, right? Yeah. There was B A Murdoch Face and George Papard. The boss. The boss. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the boss. Do, 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 do. 
Hannibal. Hannibal, that's the guy. Yeah. Uh, we'll just call him George Pappard. Yeah. Pappard? <laughs> Pappard? And appearing as George Pappard. George Pappard. <laughs> Hannibal. Cigar chomping boss man. <laughs> so, so in a way, as a kid, that made having a van cool, but it also just seemed like the most practical vehicle. It's like... It's plenty of space for your automatic handguns and yeah like you got your whole rifles you got your whole workshop back there yeah, right they're already true. They, they got like a whole machine shop they could just did they really well yeah some i'm episodes, sure they had like a chemistry lab back there so yeah, they could make some, like the plastic faces <laughs> so yeah some episodes they would have whatever they would have like a photography development like they would have like a black room yeah they would have like a fabrication uh like they can make anything sure yeah and they just this episode what do we got in the back of the van today? Bazookas. Yeah, bazookas. We got the whole armory. And a small tank. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that. But overall, like, I mean, of course, it, it stretched credibility. But yeah. overall, it was just like, yeah, you know what? Vans are pretty cool. This is a handy vehicle to have. Yeah. Because on the other side, like Kit, for example, mm-hmm. from Knight Rider. Yeah. But of course, that was just fictional nobody's gonna have kit i just i knew kit wasn't so like kit was so amazing to dream about sure but i knew it was just a dream yeah that, what about like the dukes of hazard car what about the general lee so like the general lee was awesome yeah except i think i just knew that you can't really do that to a car and just keep and driving it not have the wheels fall off when yeah, you land it's just, it's just <laughs> yeah. it's just like it's that's true the car is just dead yeah no that's good i think i read about that even when i was a kid that yeah they keep like 17 different general <laughs> Lees yeah, i think so on hand at all times for all the different that's this right. general lee can do the two wheels let me tell you something because yeah. you know okay we've talked enough about the general lee <laughs> the helicopter from Magnum PI, mm. I had a dream that I was in that helicopter. I was in TC's helicopter no. a couple weeks ago. Was yeah. TC flying you around? No, it was just me. <laughs> and you knew how to fly it? No, but it was. That was <laughs> 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 it was it was great because but there was there was nothing in it except for me and there wasn't even like seats or anything in it it was like i was in this like circular round helicopter type like thing. you were standing i well yeah i was sta- i was basically i was looking for how to open the doors <laughs> <laughs> so you're amazed you're trying to get out well no i kind of knew that I was going to end up in Lake Superior soon because I was I was down at Lake Superior at my grandparents' old camp. It's like, yeah, when this crashes into the water, I'm going to want to be able to get out. This all sounds so positive. Well, it was all- cool because it didn't crash. Yeah. I was, it, it was just down in the lake at one point and through the power of my mind, I was able to drive it kind of like a boat. Up onto the shore and park it and get out and everything was cool. But I was, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the Magnum PI helicopter. You were in the Magnum PI. You were in his helicopter plummeting to your doom with no. There's no plummeting. There's no doom. It all worked out great. It did did work out. I was, it was balancing on the top of a flagpole. Wow. I don't know how it got down, but I was down safely. And then I was mentally piloting it through the lake up onto the beach. I'm I'm glad you have such confidence in your in yourself or something yeah. in your dreams that oh, it just yeah. works out. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about vehicles? Because I've got a perfect segue. Oh well, yeah, I hadn't really even got to my th- 
Okay, yeah, okay. Thing, but let's, let's let's keep talking then. So well, we were talking about where, the, where would you want to segue? Lucid dreaming. Yeah, that will come back to vehicles. Okay. Yeah, go. go so this other thing that I put on my list was lucid dreaming. Now <laughs> I'm I'm only want to talk about this for a few minutes yes. because this is this is Darren getting into his crazy weird getting stuff. Weird. Yep, getting weird. Um, I went through this long-ish phase in my I was into magic I was into UFOs I was into Bigfoot I was into bending coat hangers into the shape of anks and pointing it at Stonehenge well I think I joined you like in that. I joined in you with did. you yep, that's right yeah the Stonehenge I was part. all about like the time life secrets of the mysteries of the unknown type things and all that one of the things that I was into was lucid dreaming the idea that if you know that you're dreaming and don't wake yourself up from it. Yeah, like when you're in a helicopter. Exactly. Yeah. You can say, hey, I can do what I want in my dream. I'm going to fly this helicopter down to the lake and through the power of my mind, bring it onto the beach. Or do better things like fly around in the sky without a helicopter. So for a while, I was totally into the whole, got to check myself all day long. Just, am I dreaming? Yeah, no, I'm not dreaming right now. Am I dreaming? No, I'm not dreaming now. But I got to the point where, you know, I would just take note of my surroundings and my mentalness. And I got to the point where, oh yeah, I am dreaming right now. Good. This bad dream that I'm having, I don't have to have this bad dream. I can, like, I remember one of the first lucid dreams I had, I was having a bad dream that I was at the CLE, that I, the CLE is the Canadian Lakehead Exhibition. Yeah. So it's like the big fair. Which used to be, yeah, like a big farm yeah. fair. And then the rides started yeah, showing up. It was up the, the big agricultural amusement. fair. And then yeah. it was like the, the carnival came to town. And you'd buy your gyros from the Greek trailer. <laughs> and gyros. And then you'd get on the sea dragon and swing back and forth. Gyrate. And vomit your gyros up. Yeah. Anyway, my bad dream, I was stuck at the CLE. But because I was practicing my lucid dreaming and I realized that it was just a dream, yeah. I flew home. It yeah. was so cool. It's great. Yeah. I had enough of this place. I'm flying home. I'm flying home. home. So it was kind of neat to be able to be at that state where you could just say, okay, enough of this. Well, if you had flown there, you could have gotten in for free. We'll talk sometime about how I always got in for free <laughs> to the CLE. <laughs> and it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Is one of your Pepsi connections. In the back of the Pepsi van. <laughs> Speaking of vehicles and how practical vans are, yeah. the Pepsi van was a very practical van. Yeah. My dad worked for Pepsi. He was a service guy. Yeah. He had a fabrication shop in the back of his van. <laughs> and sometimes he had some kids. Yeah, just as he drove along, into the CLE. Eh? Isn't that cool? Yep. I'm more and more aware, finally, like it should be obvious. You know what? What people can't see, they don't know. Mm. And when, you know, for example, when we're editing our podcast, we could be saying all sorts of horrible things or making all kinds of bodily noises or whatever. <laughs> that never happens. That would never happen. Yeah. And then we just edit it out and it's gone. That's people right. People don't know. They they have an idealized version of what has happened sure. here. You know? These guys speak well. They hardly ever say, um. Yeah. Well, we actually say um about a hundred times per episode. A hundred million times an episode. But we cut them all out. Yeah. So, yeah, likewise, when you have a vehicle like a van with no big windows on it uh, or really tinted windows, yeah. you're hauling you're hauling whatever, wherever, 
Right? Yeah, that's I'm, right. I'm not saying it's good. No, but maybe there's a dark room in there. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you've got a lathe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So is that lucid dreaming? That's lucid dreaming. Okay. So back to, I just wanted a little bit more about Kit. Like yep. I thought Kit, cars are amazing because they're fast and they're agile and all that, right? But when it comes down to it, van. Because it's just, you could just do more. Yeah. Right? You can't actually speed so fast in a car anyway. It's exactly. illegal. How, how often do you need to drive that fast? You can go fast enough in a van. Yeah. So... That extends when I started thinking about, you know, vans are cool. And if you hit a moose, yeah, you want to be in a van or do you want to be in Kit? Who's going to win? That's, That's right. Well, actually, Kit would win yeah. because Kit's like told, but Kit's fictional. The A-team van was mostly real. Yeah. So that extends. Then, like, my, my grandparents had a camper van. Mm. And then that was really cool that you could have, you know, you could bring your home. <laughs> you could go poop in your You vehicle. could go poop, go poop wherever you are because you always had your van yeah. with a toilet in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's not really what I was thinking of, but it's true. And that you could have like a bed. So, you know what? No matter where you are. <laughs> sleeping, pooping. You could just go and sleep and poop. <laughs> why, why are you talking about that? No. <laughs> basically rvs did fascinate me but actually yeah. any vehicle that you, that you can poop in <laughs> i wasn't even going to say that i know any vehicle that you can live in not just poop in <laughs> live in pooping is part of living everybody poops everybody poops everybody everybody poops uh, sorry i won't mention pooping. do you need to poop is that what <laughs> no. this is about Fine. <laughs> thank you. I find thank you. <laughs> You're actually saying kind of awkwardly right now. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, where was I going? Vans are very practical. RVs yeah. are extra practical. Yeah. So you got, that's right. You got my grandparents. It's just like a camper van is what we called it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like the smallest form of RV uh, at that time. Recreate. Well, yeah, even the, the term RV, I'm not totally into recreational vehicle. Right. So that's why I kind of like the old-fashioned motorhome, yeah. for example. And then you got like houseboats. Houseboats are pretty cool. I think they're super cool. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a, a story there? Well, in the 80s, if you were a cool detective, you would live in a houseboat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Da- yeah. What, Simon what, and Simon. Simon and Simon. Yeah. That's right. That yeah. show had... They were living in a houseboat. Didn't Jessica Fletcher live in a houseboat? Did they No, both? she didn't. They, did they live together in a houseboat? I thought just one of the brothers. I think just one of them did yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think the brothers lived together. And, and didn't Crockett, didn't he live in a boat at one point? Oh, maybe. I think that like one, like his, his wife kicked him out and he was living in a boat for a while. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. From Miami Vice. What other Crockett is there? That's right. Oh, okay. And another one, like I've often thought, but actually I don't think I would want to do this. But it seemed to me when I get insecure and think, oh, I can't really make it as a professional computer programmer mm-hmm. or whatever, I'm going to go drive a truck. Mm. That's what I would think sometimes. Sure. Yep. Or I drive a bus, but especially truck. drive a truck. Yeah, like long haul trucking. Yeah. yeah. And then, so I'd be fascinated by that, that there's like the sleeper ones that's like, yeah, you're driving this big truck and they've got, you know, they pass me by or I yep. whatever. You see them on the, the highways, on the interstate. When I'm down there, all these trucks, 
And some of them would have that extra section at the mm-hmm. back. And I think that's so cool that there's a bunk there. Of course, you can't drive while you're sleeping. The, those two things aren't compatible. But I just thought that was so cool to think that, yeah. That's right. Living on the road. Yeah. Yep. And there's some, I get. Home is where I am so right when, now. So when you get this minimalistic kind oh, of yeah. feeling sometimes. Sure. Right now we're in a current expansion phase. Yeah. Uh, as far as collecting stuff and my my waistline and, <laughs> and so on. But that minimal idea, mm-hmm. there's something nice about that too, right? Oh, yeah. Like I remember when I moved to Ottawa and I fit just about everything that I owned except for my drums fit in my car. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, this is kind of neat. Yeah. yeah, there's something, there is something nice about that. I think where the idea, or at least it might be a false idea, that you can just focus on... I just want to do this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want to, I want to write my novel. Sure. And all I need then, yep. is my my notebook and my car. Is yeah, or <laughs> or my yeah my my laptop if I'm being modern, or yes, yeah. my notebook and a pencil, and a, a writing surface. So just think, oh yeah. Sometimes when I was really busy driving my kids around, I would think about having an even bigger van. Like I've got a big van, yeah, but I wanted the next level up. Have you ever seen these limo kind of vans? Essentially. Like they take like a real van and then they extend it? Yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't necessarily be longer. Sometimes it'd be longer. Actually, even just those medium-sized buses. Actually, they're a small bus. Yeah. Yeah. But they would take a regular kind of cube van and then they would put this extra new body on the back. Okay. That would be like at least four seats wide, like two with an aisle down the middle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then to take that even further, though, to have the idea of having a desk, I parked here, I can spin my chair around, yeah. and now there's a table and like a little workstation yeah. with a computer, and uh, I thought, oh, that'd be so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever I am, I can just program. That's right. Or you drop off your kids and go do, just wait in the Why, parking lot there. and just yeah. do your thing. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So all, all those kind of ideas are fascinating to me. And it then it goes into things like tiny homes. It yeah. goes into, yeah. yeah. And now, of course, that this is van a, life thing. But back in the 80s, I mean, yeah. some of these are more modern ideas. Kind of, yeah. But in the 80s, it was very much about, yeah, that you can just have this vehicle that's all you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's all it keeps running. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. One thing that I really got into, um, I don't know if, 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 this, if this was a thing that I was fascinated with or if I was just obsessed with it for a while, was step-by-step drawing books. Now, I'm an amateur drawer. I, I like cartooning and stuff. I, I never took any fine arts type things in, in university. And so I took art all the way through high school and I enjoyed it. And I like, yeah. but my thing is drawing. My thing is cartooning. And I think part of that, where I started with that was these step-by-step drawing books. And I would always go to the library. I would take out these books and what these books would do for you is they would break down drawing into simple shapes and step-by-steps, just building things up piece by piece and you would end up with one of my favorite books was the Halloween book. You know, it's October. Yeah. Close to Halloween. I would take the Halloween book out all the time. I would be drawing haunted houses (laughs) and bats and skeletons all the time from these, from these books. Yeah. I I feel like I've got a couple of those books myself or maybe one of those books where 
yeah, it was just building up a drawing, but it would have all the intermediate steps where you can just see it's just this line, that's that line. Uh, I could never do it so good because I could just never get those lines right. <laughs> that's how it felt like. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And and one of the things that I didn't like, one of the other tricks that they used to teach you when you were a kid drawing is just to draw a grid over the thing that you want to make a copy of, and you could scale it up or you could just draw it on your own with the grid. And I found that to be sometimes difficult, um, just getting things in the right spot in, in the grid. And for me, it's like, eh, I can draw a square. I can draw the triangle. I can start making like these, uh, what is, what is strong bad column? The consummate, consummate V's, the consummate V's. Yes. I can, I can draw those, those scalloped shapes to get the (laughs) shingles on the roof and stuff like that. And, or yeah, like the V's to get the teeth on the, on the sharks and stuff like that. I can do this. And what was brilliant about these books is they would break it down for you so that you could draw these items. Like every book would be themed. And so you'd be learning how to draw all these individual items all based around the same theme. And then you would just take all these little things that you would learn to draw. And very quickly you could, you could bang them out on your own without following the steps and you could draw like these big scenes. So you could draw, I'm going back to the Halloween one again. You could draw your haunted house with the full moon and the bats flying around. <laughs> and you could have, you know, the big scary tree over here that you learned to draw. And, and they taught you how to draw cobwebs. So you could draw cobwebs in the branches and the spider coming down and the skeletons wandering along. Not because they taught you how to draw that scene or anything, but yeah. because they taught you so well to to draw just the elements of yeah. it. And so, yeah, like there's probably like two or three years. My grandma took me to the library um, every week, probably a couple times a week. And so there's probably like two or three years that I always had one of these books out. Yeah. And yeah, I was just, just really loved that kind of thing. And I think because of that kind of practice... Yeah. Um, and, and teaching that, you know, I've just always been a drawer. Yeah. I've always been like a cartoony guy, like in all through high school, I was, yeah. I would draw pictures to make people laugh and <laughs> yes. pass the time in calculus and stuff like that. And in yeah. university, I did like my strips with John and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. It just seemed like you were always drawing. Like, I, I don't necessarily remember that when I first met you, but all of a sudden you would just start drawing cartoons. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. we'd be working on a game or something and you'd have the graph or the paper, the yeah. graph paper probably, but, and suddenly you're drawing a cartoon, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And even that first time we coded that Commerce 64 demo, you made that one yeah. the one-eared rabbit. Yeah. And he was a cartoon, which you then converted into C64 pixels. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. I was just like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. He, he can do that. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. You had good. your you had your own style mm-hmm. and that was good. Yeah. Was- so there you go. Yeah. So I would either say either just that those step-by-step drawing books in particular and just cartooning in general was just one of those things that just hooked me when I was a kid. And, uh, yeah, it's one of those things that I've kind of always kind of kept with me. Yeah. I I went through phases where I tried to draw and got like slightly okay at some things. I think I remember like you kind of being into drawing like, um, the comic book kind of style drawings. Yeah. Yeah, I would try to draw like Wolverine and whatever. Yeah. And some of them were kind of successful. Yeah. 
ish. Yeah. But they, you know, there's always this kind of always a little off. Like mm. it always felt like I can't just it's it's amazing to me people that draw well how they can just kind of see the lines, the parts mm-hmm. of it, and they just put all these strokes together and mm-hmm. it becomes this thing. Yeah. And each each of them, like sometimes, you know, I know you, you repeat a line, like it's not quite right, so you just yep. pencil it again. But overall, it's like they know you and other people, you just know what you want and these lines come out. There's like an infinite number of lines you can make. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. where do you find the right ones? I'll, I'll do it. But then you'll look at, like you look at it overall, and you think, well, he's just a, he's he's a bit too squished. He's a bit too he's that just, Wolverine's a little bit too dumpy. Looking. Yeah, he's just he's just dumpy, or he's stretched, or he's just proportions are wrong, or they might even be right in a little part of it, but yeah. then but then they're still wrong over like he'll be wrong in his face, or it'll be wrong. In, yeah, yeah, just always. Yeah, and I guess at some point, even when you're cartooning at. At some point, you have to make the leap from trusting in these step-by-step hacks, I'll say hacks in air quotes, um, that you start with, to being able to visualize things in three dimensions and their component shapes, and then just wrapping your lines around the outside of those, right? And so at some point, especially when you get to something as intricate as like the comic book superhero type things, because, you know, those are a, a form of... of of real life type drawing. Like, you know, it's, it's a step away from cartooning. You can't just think, okay, I need to know where to draw the lines to make this kind of thing, to make this character. You have to know the fundamentals behind that on, on how that character exists in three dimensions, right. And, and be able to fit your shapes and your lines to define those shapes that you're visualizing on the two dimensional page. Um, cartooning step-by-step drawing books is where it started for me yeah 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 i can still remember one i don't know if it's by the same author that made this this is a particular series mm-hmm. from one guy yeah the fellow's name is ed emberley that's a pretty great name it is oh that's ed emberley's halloween drawing book drawing owls drawing the crow drawing the spider drawing <laughs> the black cat you gotta get co- you gotta get a copy of that again i do that's awesome there's the skeleton that I used to draw all the time. <laughs> He's got a top hat and a cane. You know how in the early 90s, the internet was filled with dancing skeletons? Yeah. They learned how to make them from the Ed Emberley did, Halloween drawing book. Did they really? No, no, I don't think they did. That's a dancing skeleton. Cool. Yeah, right on. Ed Emberley, check them out. The last thing I want to talk about is just those weird, creepy, mysterious things that were around when we were kids like the, the their ideas but they would show up on there's a tv show called like that's incredible and what was the and other there was real people but yeah. there was also that um arthur clark's mysterious world oh maybe that was it yeah um like i mentioned before i think of those time life books mysteries of the unexplained or un- unknown mysteries or whatever yeah but yeah all that kind of stuff seemed to be like in the late 70s and the early 80s especially before everybody got into mtv and stuff like that there was this supernatural like there's yeah. this i don't know it just seemed like everybody was into the supernatural <laughs> and i think of like escape from witch mountain and those even those disney movies and stuff were kind of playing into the into the into the whole thing there. And so, yeah, like UFOs and 
Bigfoot yeah. and like bending coat hangers into the yeah. shape of angst to point at Stonehenge because we went Stonehenge and we did that. <laughs> That's right. So back then, something like Bigfoot or like even aliens. Yeah. We, we've talked yeah. about UFOs. aliens before, how scared you would get of, oh yeah. There was that one book all about UFOs and aliens and there were these pictures of. It's after 11 o'clock at yeah. night, Robin. You get tired. No, oh. I'm getting scared. We get scared. I'm, I'm scaring you. <laughs> So yeah, there'd be pictures of these aliens, yep. supposed alien autopsies, and we would sure. freak Darren out yep. by finding those aliens. pictures. Yeah, look, it's aliens. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're so real about it, too. It wasn't yep. like you joking around. Um, I was that, scared. That you were really freaked out. Yeah. yeah. So, so you'd read about these things, and it was just you and your imagination, really, right? Mm-hmm. We would talk about it. Mm-hmm. But now you might feel, oh, I'm going to go watch a bunch of YouTube documentaries that prove, like disprove this. Yeah, sure. Or I'm going to read Wikipedia. I'm going to go, back then, it's not like, even if you found your encyclopedia set, there probably yeah. wasn't going to be a section on- On Bigfoot on or Bigfoot. the Loch Ness Monster or anything like that. Yeah. So, so all we had available to us was a, a small number of books, if the library did stock mm-hmm. anything in that zero the dewey decimal oh yeah it was like the zero 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 section really? I, yeah. I think yeah oh and the thing was like well it's in the library these are books in the library you can trust the library yeah, it must be trustworthy yeah so we read that and then once you exhausted that all you had left was your imagination and your buddy's opinion <laughs> yeah right so you go hey darren what are you well, you think about the Bigfoot or whatever, right? Well, I saw the Zapruder film. No, the Zapruder film was the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> was was the Bigfoot film by Patterson or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, Patterson, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, but that's all you had really was the whisperings of each other, like yeah. other people's opinions. Yeah. And so if you talk to somebody like he's, your dad, go, oh, that's all, that's all hooey. Yeah. Or whatever word. Yeah. And uh, okay. But if you go ask your friend, he's like, oh, yeah. My dad saw Bigfoot. <laughs> he shot him, but he got away, and, or whatever. Right? There'd be those yep. kind of stories, and so there was a lot more mystery in the world. But partly yeah. our young age, yeah, but also partly just the access to information. Yeah, yeah, and and the lack of credible sources telling <laughs> us that you know this wasn't a thing. Yeah, for certain, for, for certain, sure, for certain, for certain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so aliens was one, Bigfoot. What are some other? I was I was into Loch Ness monster, a bunch. Oh, I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Was it ever? Cool? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you'd read those stories about, and be like, yeah, I think there must be a creature down there. They're and... sending cameras down there, and they're finding something. What else could it be? Yeah. And of course, like I was saying earlier, you know, the thing when we were kids in the early eighties was rockets. We were the perfect age for that. The other thing that we were the perfect age for, like in the late 70s and early 80s, was dinosaurs. And that's certainly what the Loch Ness Monster right. was, right? Yeah. The Loch Ness Monster is a dinosaur living down there. Of course, I want to know everything there is to know about the Loch Ness Monster. And I yeah. want to believe in the yeah. Loch Ness Monster. It's a living dinosaur yeah. here that we can, that's there. People see it. Or or like, you know, you, you read, I don't know what the magazines were that I was getting. Like I was getting relatively incredible magazines like national geographic world and stuff like that yeah but i i remember reading about stuff about you know oh there's the there's the dinosaurs that they're 
that they're sure that are still living in the Amazon rainforest and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, I want to see a stegosaurus in the, in the Amazon rainforest. That'd be so awesome. <laughs> that would go into like uh, Egyptology mm-hmm. and we'd be watching like Indiana Jones or something. Sure. And then I'd think about, yeah, that there really are these, are, are they treasures? What's mm-hmm. really in there? Yeah. These were built thousands of years ago, yeah. and yeah, they're like it's a whole world of mystery. So I, I guess we're we're not thinking about any one particular thing. It was the sense of mystery, mm-hmm. the unknown mm-hmm. stuff that you know maybe really is true. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, there's there's these things that are unexplained. But there was just enough evidence or yeah. there was something tangible like the pyramids, like Stonehenge, that you could say, okay, but look at these things do exist. So how do we explain them and what are they for? And what about these stories that we've heard about them and that have been passed down for centuries? <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay. And, and of course, you know, we're kids and we want to believe in magic and we yeah. want to believe in the supernatural and all these weird things. The Yeah. So it's like, okay, perfect storm for, for us. Yeah. Oh, and, and ghosts, of oh, course, ghosts, right? Yeah. Speaking yeah. about Halloween again, yeah. uh, I, I don't know what show it was, but there'd be these shows on TV that would, they would interview these people. And I guess it was kind of real. Mm-hmm. And they'd say, yeah, I felt a presence. Oh, I looked, sure. I looked and somebody walked by the door, but I was alone. Yeah. That whole. Oh yeah. That's like totally, that's incredible type. Oh material. Yeah. yeah. And that stuff would get me like, Oh yeah. And they'd be, well, this family once lived here, you know, a hundred years ago and yeah. they met a dreadful end. And yeah. now. How about seances and stuff like that? Oh, that was freaky too. Yeah. Right? I, there's like some kids who were out at, who camped out, uh, on the same beach as my grandparents and they were totally into that. And, you know, what's the perfect place to do that? In a camper van. And so, you know, we'd be in the camper van. It would be the middle of the day, but you'd, you'd shut the curtains and you try to make it as dark as you can. And you'd hold hands and you'd say, okay, everybody's got to close your eyes. And, oh, we're going to do this, that, and the other thing and try to get, you know, whoever to come and speak to us from the dead and stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's right. Yeah. Speaking. Yeah. Yep. The, the dead are speaking yep. to us. Yep. and. So all that stuff was so uh, real and like real seeming, right? Like on yeah, the yeah on the verge of this. This could be a, a real thing that that could happen. Yeah, you know, and and it doesn't exist nearly as strongly now. Yeah. There's now we, we're left with, and I don't. I've been saying the word supernatural a bunch, and I I'm not satisfied with that as a as a term for what we're talking about, even. Yeah, and like things like. Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot don't quite fit into the occult, but some of it does. Yes. Yeah. So there's just this mixture of this weird. Yeah. So it's like a spectrum of weirdness and it goes from pseudo, like possibly real scientific things. Like yeah. the Loch Ness Monster could. Photographs at the bottom of a lake. Why can't there be a creature that we haven't seen before? We, we're almost certain there are creatures We've never cataloged mm-hmm. scientifically, yep. so why couldn't one of them live at the bottom of that lake? We sure. for, yeah, and be a big, a bigger thing. Yeah, well, you know, you'd say, well, it's less likely. Yeah, but you can't rule it out. 
Or maybe I can't it's remember. connected to something. Yeah, you d- you don't know, and especially yeah. as a kid. As a kid, yeah, yeah, you have no category for these kind of things for making these yeah. kind of decisions. That, that's right. Yeah, and then it goes into a spectrum into ghosts and mm-hmm. more and more, yeah, supernatural. Yeah, literally, or all these things that captured our imaginations <laughs> and that we obsessed over yeah. as kids in the eighties. Yeah. Well, this has been a good one. Yeah, I didn't know that we were going to talk about some of these things. That's great. Yeah, yeah. No, it was fun. Do you know that there's a Bigfoot in Vermilion Bay, Ontario? I've driven by it. It smokes a big cigar. He doesn't smoke the cigar anymore. Oh. No, somebody took the cigar out of his mouth a few years ago. Oh, no. Yeah. That was bad influence. I think so, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when you're driving along the highway. Between Winnipeg and Thunder Bay. Yeah. And you're going to stop for a nice coffee at the Comfort Table Bakery in Vermilion Bay, <laughs> right across the road from the Bigfoot at the Piston Cup. No, the, <laughs> I don't know, some garage. It's a garage that runs yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah, because Vermilion Bay is where my in-laws had their uh, their camp in well, the, up until a few years ago. Apparently that Bigfoot was, okay, my wife's name is Jen, and she's got sisters. Three other sisters. One of them is Heather. Yeah. Apparently that guy, the Bigfoot guy, that's Heather's brother. It's nobody else's brother. It's not Jen's brother or the other sister's brother. It's Heather's brother. That's what they used to tease her with. (laughs) The Bigfoot himself is the brother. Yes. But only Heather's brother. (laughs) (laughs) He's your brother. That's right. You know, that's your brother. It's your brother. No. No. Just just yours. Just yours. sibling i know nothing of it no well robin thank you for coming to my basement again i'm glad that uh, the situation is such in our area that you can visit yeah and we can do this in person i am allowed to visit i'm keeping six feet away from you still Mm, can't reach can't quite reach yep that's good (laughs) um we would invite anybody if you have you know, things that you were obsessed about that you would like to to chat with us about, especially if you're one of our patrons, but anybody, <laughs> yeah. yeah, fire us off an email or I don't know how you're going to do that, but get in touch with us somehow. We're on the Twitters. We've got a patron page that you don't have to become a patron to. I'm pretty sure you don't have to become a patron to leave a comment, do you? I don't know if you need to be a patron. I would assume you at least need a Patreon account, account yeah. to leave a comment. That's a good question. Yeah, we'll try to. One of you non-paying people. Try to get in touch with us and to- let us know if it works. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll we'll pop in there and see if there's a, a switch that we need to flick to, yeah. to allow those things to happen too. And so we want to mention that we are doing two bonus podcasts at least this month. And maybe yeah. we'll continue one of them is only for our patrons for any any amount. We're calling that our exclusive podcast. The exclusive. But there's another one where we are going to read letters from people who have listened to the main episode, this that mm-hmm. you're listening to, and we'll just discuss any feedback we get yeah. and whatever. Uh, so that's available only on the Patreon page, but it's free. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be free for everyone. So pop on over there to patreon.com and find growing up 80s there and uh yeah listen to our bonus podcast and uh leave some comments if you'd like to you if can they f- allow you to if they allow you to if not you can find us on twitter 
I am at Darren Folds, and Robin is at 8-Bit Show and Tell. And you can always find our podcasts on our website, darrenfolds.com slash podcasts, and there is an email link there. So at hmm. the very least, you can fire us off an email from there. Yeah. So for Robin Harbin, I'm Darren Folds. Keep your coat hanger shaped into the fashion of an ink and point at Stonehenge. Yep. Keep your stick on a- the ice. Keep your ink shaped coat hanger pointed at Stonehenge. All right. Talk to you later. <laughs> Good night.